traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Uh, happy, what the hell day is it again? Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Uh, it's a federal holiday. Offices, I mean, everything was dead already. It's even deader. People are actually taking off on this day. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Juneteenth. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It was the last thing America needed, all right? The last thing in the world we needed. Zero, no, 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 sir. No, 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 sir. If I want to commemorate the slaves being freed, I'll read the Emancipation Proclamation. In fact, we already have a day, President's Day, commemorating Abe Lincoln. He used to have his own day, I think, Lincoln, right? Lincoln's birthday. And they combined it with joy. And now we have President's Day. Abe Lincoln did it. We're diluting our history. We're making things up. We really are. You know why Juneteenth is a thang? And it's not really a thang, but it's a thang because it was just a little cheap trick to get Trump. It was a cheap, stupid trick to get Trump. That is it. That's it. That's the whole story. That's why, well, that's why we had some riots this weekend. It wouldn't be the first time that some boneheaded federal policy was instituted. And who paid the price? People of color. The same people that it was supposed to, well, actually, it was just supposed to make white people feel good about themselves. White people, uh, black people on the woke left, the far woke left, the elites, the MSNBC weekend crew, Tiffany Cross, right? Make her feel more powerful, virtuous. Look at this. Something else to gripe about. How the hell was it overlooked all these years? No Juneteenth celebration. No Juneteenth celebration. All right, so now we have our Juneteenth. And what do we have with Juneteenth? Well, another day off in the hot summer. Memorial Day, July 4th, right in the middle, we'll put Juneteenth. A three-day weekend in June. Has anyone ever heard the phrase long, hot summer? Right? So what do we have on uh, Juneteenth, especially in our urban areas? Well, we have... um, little toxic combination of things. We got time. There's more time and nothing to do, right? Three-day weekend, don't have to be anywhere. That's uh, That encourages not always very responsible behavior. Three-day weekend, nothing to do. 
What does America do? How do we celebrate these things, by the way, whether it's Christmas or Juneteenth? Too many of us decide to drink. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What the hell, huh? Right? We drink when our football team wins, when they lose. Thanksgiving, uh, Arbor Day, any excuse will do to drink. And now what comes with drinking? Smoking weed. Oh, we smoke weed. We drink. It's hot outside. Let's throw some guns in the mix. Let's throw some attitude in the mix. Let's throw some resentment in the mix because, after all, we should have had Juneteenth. Juneteenth should have been a holiday, two, uh, what, 100 years ago. But if it wasn't for our systemically racist system, right? Yeah. Systemic racism. We shouldn't have had. Hell, it reminds us all again about slavery. You know, uh, as if I needed a reminder. I learned about slavery, I believe, in kindergarten. I believe I was in kindergarten. And I remember in first grade. This really nice girl named Tracy, it was sh- like show and tell, but it was more than show and tell. It was like a special thing. And she brought in a picture of Martin Luther King, and we all lit. It was beautiful. Martin Luther King. All right, so now we have Juneteenth. And what comes with a great big holiday? A great big holiday that um, is big in, well, I think more. it's more recognized in urban areas and other areas. We already got the time. We already got the heat. We already got the um, the attitude about all the systemic stuff. So we're going to have, oh, yeah, we got guns all over the place. Not assault rifles, which are by and large, like, handled by people who know what they're doing. No, we got handguns all over the place. And everybody seems to want to bring them to the uh, whatever it is, the makeshift parade or the cookout or whatever. And we got a whole bunch of dead people and a wounded cop in Washington, D.C. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Totally unnecessary. Remember, this all came about to get Trump. They lied about him. They glorified people like Barack Obama, who couldn't have given a damn about Juneteenth, by the way. Did you see my show on Thursday? I went through it. Every year of his presidency, Barack Obama was cracking jokes, um, looking at himself in the mirror doing all kinds of things other than saying anything about Juneteenth. Look it up. I want to know how many times uh, John Lewis called for a national holiday. The great John Lewis, right? Has Jesse Jackson ever made it part of his platform? He ran for president how many times? Six times? And then he showed Al Sharpton how to do it. Hey, man, you can run for president, have a lot of fun, fly around on a private jet, get money, get on television, don't have to work. Beats working, right? Did Al Sharpton make Juneteenth a national holiday part of his platform? I don't know. Did he? I follow current events. I I read the newspaper like actually more than most people do. I don't remember him ever pushing that. I certainly remember Tawana Brawley. I certainly, I certainly, I know the race bait, all that stuff, but I haven't. No, I don't think so. I don't even remember Michelle Obama saying anything about Juneteenth. Do you? But here it is, Juneteenth. One more day off for a, for an economy that's just lame. We are just lame. No one's breaking a sweat. Everybody's got an attitude. More time off. Nothing to do. Drink. Get high. Anybody want to call in right now and tell me what the hell Juneteenth is, by the way? I mean, really nail it down to the letter. 
Good luck. I've been talking about it. I've been watching versions on TV. Everybody seems to have a different idea of what it is, including Joe Biden, who thinks it was a big race riot in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a long time ago. No, it's not. It's it's it's, it's not that. So, all right, Juneteenth. What are we going to do? And I, it, it, does it feel active where you are? It feels less active where I am. It just feels um, I don't know. Funny, funny. Oh. All right, enough about Juneteenth. Oh, it is another occasion for Joe Biden to take <laughs> a five-day weekend. Five-day weekend at the beach. And did you see him go down? Hey, do we have a, a clip of that of him going down on the bike? So he fell. I warned him. I warned him desperately to stay off that bike. I really did, actually. I said, you can't be doing this. I told him... Hey, all right, do me a favor. I'm going to get this. It's from my show in, I think, February of last year. He took a terrible tumble getting on the plane, and everybody else pretended it did not happen. Well, I was I was sitting in the seat when it happened. He went down once. He went down twice. He went down three times as he was getting on Air Force One. And... Um, I said, Joe, this is this. If you keep this up, because he's running around trying to look like he's fit and spry, and it's 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 false. It's fake news. You're not fit and spry. You're 79 years old. That's okay. We'll work with you on that. All right. Here's the fall. Right. It doesn't sound all that much. And by the way, it doesn't even. I think they were covering it up a little bit. Go ahead. Wow. Actually, that did sound like something. Whoa. Hey, Kevin, do me a favor. I just sent you something. All right. This is my this is my big fat warning to Joe Biden all the way back. And let me see. When the hell was this? February 9th of 2021. He was running upstairs, running downstairs, and he fell. I said, Joe, this is all going to catch up to you. Stop running. Um, hey, it's a big deal when a president takes a fall. It is. But you wouldn't know it watching the... What is this, state television? I mean, it's f- fake news, of course, but I, I saw all the Sunday shows, Stephanopoulos, uh, uh, Chuck Todd, the other ones, uh, not one mention of this, not one mention. And they all saw it. They're all wondering about it. They go to their dinner parties. They're talking about it there. They're being asked about it, but they pretend it doesn't happen on their show so they can talk about January 6th, right? I just, it's so unbelievable. It really is. They, It's a... It's like the Matrix, but everybody knows it's the Matrix. Everybody knows it's fake. Hey, you have my warning? All right, folks, I give Joe Biden a hard time, all right? But I want him to die at the age of 110, you know, surrounded by family in a house, all right? I don't want him to die uh, on a bike. I don't want him to fall down a a flight of steps getting onto Air Force One. So back in February of last year, he took a terrible spill as he was running too fast, and this was— Well, you'll hear me. This is Greg Kelly, February of 2021. Go ahead. When you're the man, everybody's looking and watching. And I've noticed something about you. And actually, from the heart, sir, this is sincere. It concerns me. Uh, You're taking those stairs a little bit too fast. This whole running thing, this whole trying to convince everybody that you're a man of vitality. I've seen you run down ramps, run on stage, run off stage. Uh, It's going to catch up with you, and we're starting to see it. Take it easy, okay? Fair enough? Fair enough. He's uh, he's 78, okay? He shouldn't be running. My advice to 
President Biden, please, Mr. President, walk, don't run. And don't ride. Then the next day, I actually gave him another warning about the bike. Maybe it was the following week. I got to find where I told him to get off that silly bike. And that goes for everybody listening, by the way. If you're riding a bike and you're not in middle school, get off the bike. All right? Be a man. Get a car. Be a woman. Don't be on a bicycle. I know so many people have gotten into horrible wrecks on bicycles. You think you're – do not do it. All right? Do not – it's such a dumb way to get around. And those city bikes – all right. So where are we? Uh, you know, I would like to see the mayor get rid of the city bikes, but he has no bandwidth whatsoever. He's just too busy looking at himself in the mirror – and having a gay old time. Man, oh man, oh man, is he enjoying himself. Uh, he's not doing any work. He's raising money. He's going to parties. Uh, he's endorsing the drag kids in schools, right? Dr- the drag club reading hour, whatever it is. Bring in the drag queens. Bring in the transvestites. Hey, I know some transvestites, actually. They're actually OKP. I have no problem. I mean, they're a- but they're adults. They are adults. I saw that movie. I was very avant-garde. I, there was a movie about this stuff. came out like in the 90s called Paris is Burning. Try going to a dinner party in New York and you lay on the fact that you saw Paris is Burning and you know about it. They're like, ooh. Um, you know, I mean, hey, New York. It's all, it's all good in New York. Except when it comes to our kids, Eric. Man, you're even more ignorant than I thought. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. In the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It feels like they just want to call off society. Eh, Let's call off society and just run around like freaks all day, right? I mean, um, here's Juneteenth, right in the middle of Gay Pride Month. I have no recollection whatsoever of gay pride being such a big thing before. Do you? I, I mean, it, 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 go to Rockefeller Center right now. They used to have the flags of the world around the ice skating rink. Now, every single flag is a gay pride flag. They got about 50,000 of them, right? Going like crazy. I just, I have no, it, did I, was I oblivious to it? I don't think it was a thing like this. What is happening? Now, by the way, it's just a waste of time. I mean, it's not a thing anymore. You know, gay pride, straight, whatever you want to do, you can do. As long as you're an adult, go knock yourself out. No one's going to make a thing out of it. No one's that, you know, everyone is kind of um, too caught up with themselves to worry about you and whatever it is you want to do. I understand where it comes from, right? Oh, we had to hide for so long. We were persecuted. Well, those days are long gone. Nobody's going to hassle you anymore. Uh, be whoever the hell you it, it is you want to be. But uh, there is this thing in the air, and I'm sorry, but gay pride, transgender crap does not belong on a church. It does not belong in schools. It does not belong, uh, quite frankly, on my cup of coffee or uh, a beer or whatever. Every company in the world is putting these the rainbow stuff on there. And I just, again, it's the pride part. Even more than it, – it's the pride. You're not supposed to. You can look it up. The Bible. Pride is uh, – Let's just say it's frowned upon. I mean, I'm not the theologian, but I do know enough about it to know that it's a bad word. 
It's not a thing that you should be exhibiting. Barack Obama. I feel uh, kind of funny about this, but, you know, have you ever been to Jerusalem and you put a little prayer in the wailing wall? You write it on a piece of paper and you put it in the little, like, your little crack or something like that? It's kind of a beautiful thing. It goes back how many years? Thousands of years, right? So Obama's over there, and they take out no privacy, right? <laughs> they take out his, what does he pray for? Lord, protect me from pride. Interesting. He knew. He knows the danger of it. Still fighting that battle, from what I can tell. Um, so, oh, yeah, gay pride. Uh, not into it. Uh, it's just not a thing. Everybody knows somebody who's gay. It's just, and it's the last thing you talk about. It's the last thing I want to talk about. You come in here, sit down. Are we going to talk about your gender? No, I'm going to probably be able to figure out who you are by how you present yourself to the world. Am I going to ask about who you're, I may ask if you're married. I may ask that, but other than that, I mean, it doesn't really, are we going to ask about um, the proclivities and inclinations? And uh, no, there's more important stuff to talk about, you know? Um, I think, uh, hey, it's not important, but did anybody, does anybody know anybody who went to the races up in Canada? I got 25 people I know who went to the races in Canada and they made a big deal out of it and they went to this party and that party. It's like the Super Bowl for Euro people or wannabe Euro people. I don't think it was about the race car driving. I, I just, I think it was more about the C and B scene stuff. Um, Let's see, what else here? Uh, Juneteenth, just remember, Abe Lincoln should get all the credit, all the credit. Hey, anybody see Jamie Raskin? Uh, nobody watches the Sunday shows anymore but me. They are locked in a dream world. Their dream world is this, uh, that Colbert's producers were not arrested for trespassing in the Capitol, right? Uh, that Justice Kavanaugh was not threatened uh, with, quite frankly, within 12 feet of losing his life. I keep hearing about uh, Mike Pence, 40 feet, 40 feet away that mob was. Well, they had no weapons. This kid from California had a bag full of weapons, guns, knives, and he wanted to kill Justice Kavanaugh, and they pretend it did not happen. What else are they pretending that did not happen? They pretend that Joe Biden did not take a fall on a bicycle. Is it the biggest story in the world? Uh, it's up there for a weekend for a sl- for it is actually. People want to know. People want to talk about it. In fact, I want to hear it one more time. Here's Joe Biden going down on the bicycle. No, he's fine. He's fine. I, I'll, I'll say this: when he was on the ground. There's a still picture of it. You can find it on my Twitter. I say, America is down. He actually didn't look that bad. He's He's got like a tan. That's the thing. He just takes care of himself all the time. Got to watch out for those guys, by the way. You got to watch out for those guys. He's too vain. He's too into himself. He's, you know, I'm sorry, but it's a little bit of a prejudice I have against skinny people. A little bit. Skinny men, at least. Um, you know, you get to a certain age, you're going to be carrying around a little bit extra, right? Except Joe. Except Joe, because he's vain and superficial. Not everybody I know, but a lot of people. All right? So uh, where does that leave us? Uh, you know, somebody mentioned this to me today. You hear about white supremacy, you know it's a myth. 
it's just not a thing, even though they're out there jumping up and down like crazy, trying to say it's a thing, trying to convince everybody, trying to scare people that it's a thing. It's not a thing. All right. And to the extent that it is a thing, it's just, it's a disgusting thing. But you know what's real is black supremacy. Absolutely. And there's actually a technical law enforcement category. They call it uh, BIE, Black Identity Extremism. And it is rampant. And it is driving all kinds of crime all over the place, often against people of color, by the way. Yet the FBI is not allowed to even recognize that it's a thing. Isn't that something? Isn't that kind of amazing? I think so. I really do. Well, can't talk about any of that stuff. But what can you talk about? You can talk about mm, cut 51. Cut 51. Go. This is their favorite topic. Talk about fake news. Jefferson Davis was a traitor to the United States of America, and so was Donald Trump. More than a few people in Trump's immediate orbit, and Trump himself richly and actually deserve the title of traitor. I just want to ask the Trump voters, I know you're out there, I know some of you watch me. (laughs) What is left for you? He's plainly a traitor. This is a strong term I'm going to use, but I'm going to say it on purpose. Donald Trump is a traitor. So, first of all, you know, and I know, that that is a total lie. That is disgusting, and it's untrue. What they say about him is true about themselves. I could make that case. But if you're an ordinary person just going about your business and you hear that on the fake news day in and day out, even if you don't watch a lot of fake news, it seeps in. It has an effect. It hurt his um, his governance it really made it a hard, harder for him to be president. That deprived us of his services to some extent. And uh, it continues. They want to cancel him. We're not going to let it happen. Stay with me. More on Juneteenth when I come back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. That's me. This is me. Yeah, Eric, the butt nut. Hello. So, um, did you watch my show on Newsmax at 10 o'clock? Yes, it's 10 p.m. Makes it more convenient for some, less convenient for others. Most importantly, more convenient for me. I actually love the new schedule. 10 o'clock on on Friday night, I went to this, um, I've been covering, I'm obsessed with it actually, this story from Sanford, Florida. A young man, I think he's 16 years old, was... um, driving like a crazy person through a neighborhood. I mean, really hitting the gas. But the fake news doesn't tell you anything about that. They just go along with their own fake narrative that this must be racist, all right, because the driver is happens to be a young black teenager, and the people in the neighborhood are all angry white men. And you know about those angry white men. Oh, boy, there's nothing less cool. There's nothing more detestable these days than an angry white man. So they come out and they yell at this kid. Now, one guy allegedly threw a rock through his car. Well, oh, that's obviously racist. No, it's not. Well, that's obviously criminal. No, it's not, actually. I've seen people do things similar to that. Yes, I have. Uh, By the way, I don't think it was the race of the driver that bothered anybody. Why would it? It was the driving of the driver that bothered everybody. And have you ever seen a car go 
recklessly through a neighborhood? In your entire life, have you ever seen that? I have. I'm guessing about a dozen times. And one distinct memory I have is somebody threw a bottle at the car to slow the guy down, to say, what the hell are you doing driving around like a maniac, right? That's okay. I mean, is it okay? It's not ideal, but things like this happen. Well, what about the car? What about somebody in the car? Well, what about the car running over a child or an old lady or a puppy or, oh my gosh, or an angry white man? Oh, yeah, nothing, nothing less sympathetic in the world. Cut 37, go. Right here, buddy. Right here. Tell him what you were doing. Burning out racing through my neighborhood. Burning out racing through my neighborhood. Do not to. Get out my face. I'm not in your face. Get out of my neighborhood. Who got the gun? Nobody the guy who's got a gun. permit to carry it. You're the one that would get All right. a gun. All right. All right. Get out of this neighborhood. All right. Get out of this neighborhood. You don't belong here. But y'all want to smash the window? Smash the window? Yeah, he did. Well, what did you hear that was racist? Get out of my neighborhood? Is it racist to tell somebody who doesn't live in your neighborhood to get out of your neighborhood? I mean... Am I, am I, was I born freaking yesterday or something? My entire life, I see these silly signs all over the place. Neighborhood watch. You're under surveillance. Neighborhood watch. Now, why do I say they're silly? Because even as a kid, I knew that they weren't looking out the window all the time. I just knew it. I thought that those were for effect. I just knew it doesn't work that way. I was intrigued. I'm like, really? Are we under, sir? Are we under, are they watching us right now? Um, now the fake news, it's all they needed. They had a kid who was upset. Happened to be black. The villains in this case, obviously, the, the, the white men, and they're so angry and uncool. One guy has his hands on his hips. You can't get any more. You can't get any whiter than that. And these days, being white ain't right. <laughs> it's just a nope. So let's see. Take it away, fake news. Cut 38. Get out of my face. I'm not in your get face. face. Get out of my neighborhood. This is the cell phone video he captured after he was confronted and surrounded by white neighbors while he was trying to park at his friend's house. He said one of the men, now identified as Howard Hughes, struck his car with a cone and said Donald Corsi threw a large rock through the window. And he explained the story to me, and I'm like, you mean to tell me that grown men did this to you? His mother called it scary. They believe this was a hate crime. Even though Jermaine's passenger was white, some of the language directed at him by neighbors made him feel discriminated against. Get out of this neighborhood! Get out of this neighborhood! The two men were arrested for charges related to the rock and the cone. We stopped at Donald Corsi's business to try to get his side of the story, but no one answered. Records indicate Hughes is a supervisor for a business that runs McDonald's franchises in Orlando. No one returned our calls from there either. No respect. There's a neighborhood where little kids play. Please. And you come running out here like you think you're a race car driver. But he didn't think adults in that neighborhood handled it the right way. I don't think what they did was right. Um, I don't think they had the right to throw a rock through my car and damage it and also assault my friend with the coon. And Jermaine told us he doesn't know if he really even feels safe going into this neighborhood anymore. He said he had nightmares that very first night after that happened, and then last night he said he had trouble sleeping. They feel like if this driver was a white guy like me, for example, even if I was speeding through that neighborhood, it never would have escalated to a situation like this. How do you know? How do you know? 
boy, talk about the fake news. Talk about you see the cancellation effort right away. Go into the guy's business. Not, 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 not. Care to comment and give your side of the story? You seem pretty intent on telling your side of the story, one side of the story. You know what would be interesting? Because this is a huge, huge deal right now. Kid speeding through a neighborhood gets yelled at. And yes, yeah, something was thrown in this car. And the Washington Post, network news, everybody's going crazy about it. These guys are out of a job, most likely. Cancellation culture swoops in. But you know what would have been interesting? And very tragic, by the way, and I'm glad this didn't happen. But if this kid were speeding through a neighborhood, let's say another neighborhood, a predominantly black neighborhood, and let's say that um, there were some bullets that were exchanged, not a rock, a bullet, and it went into 16-year-old Jermaine Johnson's head, and he died, and the gunman was a person of color. Much more severe, right? But much less interest. Now, how perverse is that? This kid is alive with a story to tell, a nasty story about white men. But if he were dead and he had nothing to say, nobody would care. Nobody would care if he had been killed by a black man. Now, isn't that Isn't that just totally fundamentally screwed the hell up? Wow. What kind of country are we living in here, huh? But let's keep stirring that racial pot. Let's keep going crazy. Let's pretend that certain things are problems. And let's pretend that certain things are fixed. And everybody's a victim. Even deadbeat dads who walk out on their kids... And had they stuck around, they'd be alive today. And let me be specific. I'm talking about Michael Brown and Trayvon Martin. And their deadbeat dads who are now celebrated as heroes. Heroes. Disgusting. MSNBC, which is about the the, the most racist thing anyone has seen in this country since the freaking Ku Klux Klan. Cut 39, go. We see that yeah. that picture of that young man. Um, all he was armed with was a, a bag of Skittles and an Arizona iced tea, shot and killed by a neighborhood watchman. And then you have a year and a half later, uh, Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, a scuffle with the police officer. Mm-hmm. The officer says he feared for his life, shot him down in the street. He laid baking in the sun for four hours, and we know what happened after that. Uh, Jacob Blake in, in um, 2018 um, was you know, being detained, shot four times in the back by a police officer. Yeah. He is paralyzed. He's still with us. First of all, it was 2020, you dummy, not 2018. Talk about a Reader's Digest version of what went down, huh? Trayvon Martin had nothing but a bag of Skittles, an Arizona iced tea, and a desire to smash George Zimmerman's head into the sidewalk and kill him. You forgot to mention that part. You forgot to mention Jacob Blake who was called by his wife to come to the house or his domestic partner, whatever the status was, because she was afraid of him. And as he went to his car to get a knife and retrieved a knife, he retrieved a knife and tried to use it on cops. No, we'll just leave that stuff out. But thank you. What's this guy's name anyway for MSNBC? Tremaine something or other? 
And then he sits down, a roundtable discussion with these deadbeat dads. And you know what really, what really gets on, that really makes them mad? The racist coverage about mass shooters when the shooter is white. They find it racist, actually. Hmm. Cut 40. When that 18-year-old walked into that grocery store in Buffalo, New York, that white boy walked in there and killed those people. It never was a question of how his parents raised him. That was never a question. Well, let me help you out here, buddy. It wasn't a question that they raised him. You get it? Now, they may have made mistakes. They may have uh, missed all the warning signs and signals and whatnot, but they raised him. May have done a terrible job, may have done everything they could. I don't know. But the kid lived with the parents, and the parents were not somewhere else. Can you say the same thing, Trayvon Martin's dad? Can you say the same thing, Michael Brown's dad? I'm sorry that doesn't um, fit with you too well there. That was Jacob Blake's dad. You know, the one who was called by the wife. The wife called the cops as he's getting the knife. And did he call that kid a white boy? Yes, I think he did. I find that rather hateful language. I don't think that's appropriate in television. But no, we'll just let him sound off and say whatever the hell he wants. Jay is in Ohio. Hello, Jay. Listen, I just want to say something about Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Juneteenth is um, it's a Texas holiday originally, and um, it signified when um, when the Civil War ended in April of 1865. It took two months for the word to get to um, the farthest part of the Confederacy, which was Texas. And it's basically a Texas holiday that, that they're now trying to make into a national holiday, the Democratic Party, because they're trying to throw a bone to the black community with no meat on it, to say, hey, we're giving you something. Now vote for us in November. I never thought of it that way, but, uh, yeah, this is one of their little – yeah, I think you might be onto something there. And you know what? Like so many of their federal policies and ideas and the bones with no meat, this is potentially doing more harm than good. Do you buy that, Jay, that it might be doing more harm than good? I agree. I agree with you. Um, Matter of fact, um, one thing I like about you, I think you kind of like – I don't know whether whether it's the military – as you know, in the military, uh, when you go through basic, they take they um, they train you to, you know, to, to how to act and how to think when you once you're captured, what you're supposed to do. This is this is this is like um, a psychological operation that they're doing against the United States, and I'm talking about um, bad parts of the CIA, which are actually working in the United against the United States, and bad parts of the FBI. And also the Federal Reserve, you know, there's parts of the government that are doing these things that try to divide and weaken the population's mind and and body through the vaccines and things. It's it's I'm telling you, man. But I like you because you 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 know you you have a mind of resistance to fight against it. 
You know, Jay, um, two years ago, I would have been like, what are you talking about? Uh, now I'm like, <laughs> tell me more, man. I am I am so deeply suspicious of the government. I love our country. I love our Constitution. But we have some corrupt actors who are, and you mentioned the CIA. Did you, anyone see, and this is divisive in and of itself, those hideous commercials, recruiting commercials, where they put forward... I don't know, LGBTQRX uh, 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 folks advertising their psychological disorders. You can look it up. The CIA did recruitment campaigns where they were looking for dysfunctional people. It was the weirdest, craziest thing I had ever seen. And anyway, thanks. I feel like I am somewhat equi- – I, I think I'm better equipped than than a lot of people to – to see what's happening, to call it out, and to resist. Jay, were you in the military? Yes, I was. What branch? I was in the Navy. Any ships? Yeah, uh, USS Karen, eighty-nine seventy. They sunk it, you know, when they when they uh, got rid of Spruance class. And I was also on an amphib, uh, USS Charleston, where we 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 basically supported the operations of the recons, Marine recon. Very cool. I got to tell you, man, I just, you know, look, I bitched and moaned when I was on active duty at times, but I, I'm so glad I went in. I, I just benefited so much and I'm so grateful to the country. How do you feel about your service? Listen, I, I'm glad I, I served. Um, I learned a lot of things when I was in there, you know, cause people, they, they live their lives. They go to sleep at night, not knowing you know the the kind of things that go on internationally, and I actually got actually got a chance to see it firsthand and understand a lot of things more clearly. Jay, I so appreciate your call. Keep in touch, Jay from Ohio. Thank you. And uh, what's her status? Okay, time to go. What's my wife's status? Any spottings of her? Not yet. She's bringing lunch today. She's running late. I got to text her. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, this is fantastic. Beto O'Rourke will never be the governor of Texas, it looks like. Beto O'Rourke, he is down some 20 points in the polls. So after this, we won't hear from Beto O'Rourke anymore, right? Because, um, you know, you can only lose so many times. Uh, He will have lost for Texas senator, and he will have lost for governor of Texas. So that'll be it. That'll be it. Oh, and he'll have lost for president. Three and no victory? Three in a row? I think that'll be it. And what they will write on his political obituary. I understand there are some people who come back two losses in a row. Nixon, of course, did it. Hey, one of my favorites, of course. What happened to him? He lost in 1960, and then he lost in 1962. He ran for governor of California. Got beat. But um, Beto? No, he's no Nixon. He's just a... What is he? What does he stand for other than being skinny and having that floppy hair and wearing that uh, RFK-style blue Oxford shirt? Nothing. That's it. Liberalism and uh, I'll take your guns and... uh, uh, oh, he's one of these guys who really gets off using the F word in front of a lot of people. That's something. That's his little, that's a, his brand. And when he went into that hall right after those kids were shot at that school, 
and he confronts the governor as he's running for governor. This is so bad. Remember, cut 42. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Sit down. Next shooting is right now, and you are doing nothing. No, you can get his ass out of here. This isn't the place to talk this over. This is totally predictable. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you're out of line. Please leave this auditorium. All right. He ultimately left. With his tail between his legs, I think that even he knew he made a very serious mistake. Um, What else is going on? Oh, man, it feels good to be alive. I'm sleeping a hell of a lot better. Unfortunately, there are some people who are no longer with us today because of the Juneteenth shenanigans. Cut 59, go. Washington, D.C., Police Chief Conte. We've recovered uh, several firearms in the search to include a firearm off of um, one of the, the persons who were who was shot in this incident. Uh, so we are working very closely with our partners uh, here in the public safety cluster. Uh, all right. There were problems. Public safety cluster. Is that what he said? They come up with their own bureaucratic language. Here is the NYPD commissioner, Nassau County. Does she live in Nassau County or not? Did she go to college or not? Who the hell is she? Nobody knows, but uh, Key Chance Sewell cuts 60. The emboldened individuals responsible for this are exactly who our officers are battling every day to make our city safe. And while we are making some headway against violence, we have a lot of work to do, but we need help alongside the entire criminal justice system. We're asking anybody who may have information on this shooting to please contact Crime Stoppers. I just don't know if they're gonna if they're shaking in their boots right now. Call Crime Stoppers. I uh, I don't I don't I don't I don't know. Let's see here. Do we have anybody else? Uh, we had a big shooting in Harlem linked to Juneteenth celebrations. Cut sixty one, please. This is the New York City Police Department chief of detectives for Manhattan North. His name is Brian McGee. Cut sixty one. Early this morning at about twelve forty a.m., police responded to numerous reports of people shot at East 139th Street and 5th Avenue. There were a total of nine people shot, two females and seven males. A 21-year-old male was transported to Lincoln Hospital where he was pronounced deceased. That sucks. Meanwhile, where do we have, uh, where was Eric Adams this weekend? He was in the Hamptons. He was in the Hamptons. And um, just to remind everybody what a lightweight imbecile he is, Back when it looked like we were going down in terms of our population, people are getting out of New York City. What did he say? He laughed at the whole situation. He laughed at us. He laughed at those who have issues living in New York with the crime and with the expense. Cut 62. Mayor Adams. You were here before Starbucks. You were here before others came and decided they wanted to be part of this, this city. Folks are not only hijacking your apartments and displacing your living arrangements, they displace your conversations and said the things that are important to you are no longer important, and they decide what's important and what's not important. Go back to Iowa. You go back to Ohio. New York City belongs to the people that was here and made New York City what it is. And I know I'm a New Yorker. I protected this city. I have a right to put my voice in how the city should run shut up shut up you ignorant fool 
And how about going and taking a grammar course? What the hell is this, Ebonics all over again? It sounded like a lot of uh, subject and verb disagreement to me. Well, I'll, I'll say this. At least he didn't call anybody crackers during that speech, right? It's got a lot of nerve telling people to go back to Ohio, go back to Iowa, when he lived in New Jersey, in New Jersey, right across the river in a beautiful condo in New Jersey. And Democrats were stupid enough and too many of the elites dumb enough and afraid enough to go along with this nonsense. No, no, sir, not me. I care too much. <sighs> Intimidated. They're all intimidated by this fake, silly conversation. You want to help people? Get real. Stay that way. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Looking at somebody on television. In the news, cable or broadcast, I won't say. I can't say. I don't want to. But let's just say this person has had some. Major work done. I mean, major, major work done. Totally, totally unrecognizable. I knew this person back in the day, and if I passed them, uh, I knew them very well, actually, but I would not recognize this individual. Lots of work done. You know, all kinds of people are willing to put all kinds of chemicals in their body, you know, filler this, uh, uh, silicon, whatever, you name it. Some doesn't matter. doesn't matter. As long as it makes me look better or feel better, I'll take any chemical you got, except when it comes to food. You notice that? Oh, it must be organic, right? We all insist on organic, whatever the hell that. What does organic actually mean? Now, one thing I think it means is no more pesticides, right? And uh, not, 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 not any hormones in the cows and in the chickens. Look at me, right? I'm quite the farmer. But it's something to that effect, right? Fewer chemicals in the foods we eat. Yet. Yet, that same crew, that same um, uh, cohort of uh, individuals, liberal lunatics for the most part, are just totally fine with putting all kinds of crazy chemicals and hormones in children uh, to reverse their sex, right? That makes absolutely no sense in the world. None. It is so contrary to... Well, they're, hey, by the way, this same crew, they also love to tat up their arms, right? They put in all kinds of ink... Hey, man, that's some really great ink. I'll never... You know that stuff is not FDA approved, by the way? All the tattoo ink and stuff? It's not. You you shouldn't do that. And everybody does it. You know what? Especially younger people. You know why? I think it's a, a way to achieve distinction without any effort. Like, look at me. I'm special. I have this... Uh, what do they like to put on their back? What are they, you know, those like um, Asian signs or whatever the hell it is? I don't know. Some sort of, or some dots that mean something, right? This makes me special. No, it doesn't. It means you got a tattoo. It means you got drunk one night with your girlfriends and you went and got a tattoo. Congratulations. Uh, it doesn't mean anything special about you. You don't need a, you don't need an ink stick and some guy with a nose ring to give it to you to make you special. Okay. No, 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 no. Hey, I saw this over the weekend. You know, some there are pro-life facilities that have been attacked, harassed, and outright attacked. I mean, firebombed, Molotov cocktails. Talked to a guy from Buffalo at one of the centers. These are places that try to uh, assist women 
who are pregnant, give them options other than abortion, adoption, raising the child, financial support. You know, you they're they're out there, and they're being attacked, firebombed. Happened in Wisconsin. Happened in Oregon. Happened in upstate New York, and in dozens of other places. I'm having trouble figuring out how many because they're so undercover. These incidents, and they should be. They should be. It's huge news. But the fake news, they pick and choose. That's one thing I don't do, quite frankly. I tell you what, it's I just take it all on. Whatever happens has to be addressed. If it's uh, if it's bad for the guy I like, like Trump, I address it. I take it on. You know who used to do that, of course? Rush. I'll never be able to hold a candle to that guy, but he could do it. And you'd be like, how is Rush going to explain this one? And he always could. He could always give that context and perspective. He was just amazing, and he did it with humor, and it was entertaining. Uh, we miss him, don't we? You know, like that book that came out about Mary Trump uh, by Mary Trump about Donald Trump. I mean, there were some really nasty things in there. Oh, boy. How are you going to address this? Well, I thought of Rush. What would Rush do? And I read the book, number one, cover to cover. I'm like, this is a fraud. Now, most people would just go running for the hills. If the, what the left does, they all ignore any bad news for Joe Biden. They ignore it. They pretend it didn't happen. Joe was on the beach two hours ago, and he was he met with about 16 reporters, more than a dozen. You think any of them asked about the laptop? You think any of them asked about the hunter? No, they just ask about the news cycle, stuff that happened 10 seconds ago. That's how it works. He'll be protected forever. Unless he gets near me, and then I'll I'll let him have it. With my questions, by the way, um, or maybe a few observations, and then I'll see I'll see what happens. He didn't even get asked about the bike. He just brought it up. He brought it up. He said, "I could not understand his explanation. It's very strange. Something happened, but he doesn't." You know, here's something about Joe. I don't think he believes in anything other than money, status, power. Money, status, and power. And he's been obsessed with those things since he was in grade school. If you read that silly book, what's it called? What It Takes. And Joe Biden is dreaming about it. He's driving to law school and he's dreaming about being famous. Watch out for those guys. Anybody who just wants to be famous for the sake of being famous, that was Joe. You think he got into any of this to achieve anything? And I see, you know, he brags about knowing the Pope. And he brags about going to church. But I never hear him bring up anything useful for believers. If he knows God the way he, I think he wants us to believe he does, but he never really talks about, he'd have a lot more to say. I noticed that Donald Trump was not afraid to talk about Jesus, especially on Easter. Joe Biden would acknowledge Jesus on Easter, but Donald Trump did, does. That's something. Hey, Gallup has a new uh, survey out. There are fewer people who believe in God today than ever before. Fewer people believe in God today than ever before. Uh, Are the secularists winning? Well, they'll never win. But they are. Do they have the advantage? They'll never have the advantage. But right now, temporally, it looks that way. It does look that way. And so many people could be helped. So many people could be set free by a relationship with God, Jesus. You can get one through the Bible if you don't have one. And by the way, I think I told you guys about this. 
Well, number one, I know I said this, the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, if you were like me, and you know, maybe once every three years when you were down in the dumps, you desperately grabbed a Bible while you were drinking in a hotel room, and it was in the drawer, and you know, you it, well, it doesn't. I don't know what they're talking about. It's not fixing me right now. And then you close it and you wait another three years, four years. I needed something a little bit different. It is the Bible. Has a few little footnotes and explainers, and, and, and it's like a it's like a it's like a coach. Uh, just kind of, anyway, that's Charles Stanley, little footnotes and decoded some of the language. It is the traditional King James Bible. It's all there. And when I started reading it, I mean, really reading it, then everything changed, everything changed. And again, why I know I can be pretty nasty and I know I can pick on people and that kind of thing. I love everybody. I don't have to like everybody. I love everybody especially my enemies, because they were not allowed to be my enemies if you-know-who had not approved, if you-know-who had not given them the mission, the authorization. So I highly encourage it. It really is something else. And I just find it a lost opportunity. It's okay. Joe's going to be Joe. We're going to be us. But it is an observation. If he really believed, he'd have more to say about it. He'd have more to say, more to share. Um, I can't tell what Eric Adams believes in. He says God chose him for this moment, yet he, he's, he's talking about the power of crystals. The crystals give him special energy. Does he worship crystals? I don't know. He ran over, you know, when most people, if they're going to become the mayor of the city of New York, well... Especially if you're Eric Adams, you'd hit the books. I mean, sorry, but does he sound like the most educated guy? Does he sound like the most erudite individual? Does he does he sound like a guy who went to the Kennedy School of Government and knows all about the cutting edge technologies and procedures and tactics? Does he sound that way, Cut 62? You were here before Starbucks. You were here before others came and decided they wanted to be part of this, this city. Folks are not only hijacking your apartments and displacing your living arrangements, they displaced your conversations and said the things that are important to you are no longer important. And they decide what's important and what's not important. Go back to Iowa. You go back to Ohio. New York City belongs to the people that was here and made New York City what it is. And I know I'm a New Yorker. I protected this city. I have a right to put my voice in how the city should run no i think he sounds like an angry racist that's what he sounds like to me an angry racist goes to uh another public event and brags how he kicked all those crackers ass man i was unbelievable this is a very small man who thinks he's a big man because he's got the big job but he's not even breaking a sweat if you had a really big Responsibility. I mean, the awesome responsibility. 300,000 employees, 8 million people who work here. Crime out of control. Would you be going to the Hamptons every weekend? Seriously. Would you be going to a pool party every weekend to raise money? Not for a homeless shelter, 
not for a gun buyback program, but to make commercials about yourself. That's what Eric Adams is doing. He is derelict, derelict in his duties. And quite frankly, if I do decide to run for mayor and I'm thinking about it, he'd be easy to beat. <laughs> Look, I know it actually it would be a long, hard slog. It really would be. And he's, uh, you know, he's got he, he's fooled a lot of people. But I would beat him. I would beat him. Because I wouldn't be doing it for an opportunity to elevate myself. I got three TV shows, a podcast, a radio show. All right. I'm doing quite, I'm doing fine. I'd have to give all that up. But for law and order and safety to appoint my father, police commissioner, somebody who's able, somebody who cares to reverse this insanity, I just might do it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, when's the primary? It's uh, June 28th, right? Who are we pulling for? Well, we got to get Kathy Hochul gone. I, if New York elects Kathy, it will just, well, show once all over that New York is um, basically stoned, whether it's uh, marijuana or uh, booze, you know, that they can just sit around and, and vote for her. It's, it would be lazy. Well, she's the lieutenant. She's the governor now, I guess. I you know, to do two things, to be successful in politics, you got to do uh, two things. This is what I'm told. You got to uh, convince the uh, income, you got to convince everybody that the guy who's got the job is terrible. And then you got to convince him that you're the guy to take that spot, guy or girl. All right. Two things that have got to be done. It seems to me it would be pretty damned easy to make the case against Kathy Hochul, right? Number one, just look at her. All right. I mean, it's obvious that nobody's home. The pandering, the complete um, inattention to public safety, letting our streets be succumbed. Everything that happened on Cuomo's watch, you can blame on her. She was the uh, vice governor, if you will. What do they call it again? Lieutenant governor. And 2020, the summer of when the, the, the city was just given up. I mean, that's on her so much. And our bastardized COVID response, that's on her. And now what does she have to show for herself? That she looks good in a pantsuit? All right, she's an idiot. I'm sorry, but, you know, let's be real here. She's dumb. She's not ready. And the only thing she can do is copy Kamala Harris, right? Remember Kamala? This is her big thing. Don't interrupt me. Cut 47. Kamala in the debate with Mike Pence. Because the president wanted people to remain calm. Well, let's get so I, No, but Susan, I, this is important. Susan, I, and I, I want to add, but if, Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I have to I'm speaking. In. I'm speaking. I think she picked, picked up her finger. I'm speaking. So remember that. That's like, that's really cool and hip in, uh, in feminist uh, Democrat circles, right? And Tom Swazi uh, has a key few things to say, and uh, Kathy Hochul is uh, lost. Cut 46, please. 
She had a running mate who supported defund the police as his main plank running for controller of New York City. So I'll bring together the legislature and try and pass legislation if the Supreme Court votes to unrule, overrule concealed carry. But remember, Kathy Hochul voted for concealed carry. Thank you, Mr. Swazi. Ms. Hochul, a brief rebuttal. This, those attacks, uh, where do it's I not begin? an attack, yeah. Governor. That's a, the facts. That, that you were is... endorsed by the NRA. You took money from the NRA. That's not an attack. That's the facts of the matter. I know you want to slough it off. Excuse me. It's my turn to answer the Go question. Right We've been waiting months for you to answer this question. Please stop interrupting me. The people want to hear my answer, which is I've addressed this. That attack is over a decade ago. <laughs> Please stop interrupting me. Wow, that was the there. There's some energy, right? Please stop interrupting me. Not impressed. Not impressed. Oh, here's somebody else who's not impressive. In fact, he was uh, my goodness gracious. What's wrong with him? Uh, Democrats for that. January 6th hearing, which I think continues tomorrow, is such a joke. No one, they're not convincing anybody. They're wasting everybody's time to focus on this one day where nobody was killed other than Ashley Babbitt. And oh, by the way, once again, Donald Trump for speaking about Ashley Babbitt so powerfully, so movingly on Friday night. He's the only guy in America that I know of who's doing this, quite frankly, other than me. Other than me, he's the only one. I talk about her a couple of nights a week, and um, thank God he's doing it. He's obviously a lot more powerful. If he gets back in there, we're going to have to figure out what happened and why it happened. There's got to be accountability. You can't kill an unarmed woman on television and get away with it. This is still America, ma'am. Donald Trump, cut 50, Friday night, go. Nobody was killed except for a wonderful young woman named Ashley Babbitt, who was viciously shot, and in my opinion, for absolutely no reason, by a police officer. They wanted, they wanted to keep this officer shielded. They didn't want anyone to know his name. Now, when it happens on the other side, oh, they plast, they plaster pictures up. I've never seen anything. But they wanted to shield him. And then all of a sudden, he's doing an interview on, like, NBC fake news. And, or well, one of the networks, he's doing, oh, he's doing an interview. He didn't want to be sure. He was so proud of what he did. I watched him. I said, this guy's actually proud of what he did. He shot her. Point blank, just shot her. God bless that man, huh? God bless that man. No one else. No one else but him. It's amazing. And it happened right there in the cat. It's on television for crying out loud. And why, why, why? In large part because she's white and a woman. And that's just not cool right now. And too many powerful white men and women and woke powerful people of all colors, races, whatever, are pushing that, that you know what? It's time for white people to, what is it, to shut up and sit down um, and get shot? No. Mm-mm. Never time for that. All lives matter. Imagine that. Imagine that that's somehow a controversial thing to say. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. I mean it. And then you got... Uh, Talk about rhinos. Rhinos. Judge Michael Ludig. Did you see him? He's the star witness for the Democrats. 
To me, he had the demeanor of somebody who ran over a kid like 20 years ago and uh, lives with a guilty conscience. The strangest son of a I've ever seen. Cut 55, please. I have written, as you said, Chairman Thompson, that today, almost two years after that fateful day in January 2021, that still Donald Trump and his allies and supporters are a clear and present danger to American democracy. <laughs> Just, hey, Judge Ludig, um, go to hell. You don't know what you're talking about. Now, I'll give you this, Judge, ex-Judge Ludig, who became a millionaire, by the way, working for Boeing, the airplane manufacturer. And guess who Boeing really can't stand? They can't stand Trump. You know why? Because he threatened to cancel the Air Force One contract. They were ripping us off. They were ripping off America, something like a billion dollars. They were prepared to rip off America. How many presidents have purchased their own airplanes or leased them? Um, actually, let's think about that. Kennedy, I think, did. He rented one. Trump is the only one who knew this stuff. They were trying to fool America. They were trying to rip off America. He stepped in. And I think Ludig doesn't like that. He was the general counsel for Boeing. And now he's pretending it's all about democracy. Don't believe him. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Oh, Joe Biden blaming everybody else for inflation other than himself and his crazy policies and Jill Biden coming to the rescue. I've been reading about this, but now we can all listen to it real quick. Cut 20, please. Cut 20. So if you're just based on what a barrel of oil costs and matches, it should not be decided to make an exorbitant profit, number yeah. one. Number two, I've contacted them with my team has to ask what their plans are and to give any suggestions they have. They have over 9,000 leases. 9,000. They, they can drill until the hell won't have it. But they're not doing it, number two. Number three... I think we're going to be in a position where we're going to. Oh. What happened? That was lame. That's a that's a helicopter behind him. Auxiliary power unit. It's like the battery running of the helicopter, not the actual engine. All right. Enough of that. Hey, Linda is in Princeton. Hi, Linda. How are you? Hello, Greg. Uh, you're so entertaining. And mm. I say that. As a lifelong Bill Bradley Democrat, I helped campaign for him in three elections. Uh, well, wait said, a second. Hold everything. Yeah. Bill Bradley. Yeah. No, no one. You're star for entertainment. I mean, that guy was not entertaining. He was no, a very dry I, guy. I, 
he certainly was not entertaining. But you know what? He wasn't boring in a certain sense. Anyway, he coined that great phrase, everyone went to Washington to do good, and they ended up doing well. Huh. Okay. Now he's right. a, I, look, I, I have respect for him. He's a major league brainiac, of course. You know, he yeah. was a, a Rhodes Scholar and, after Bas. How did you get to know him? Uh, I, well, uh, mostly through uh, his uh, visiting as an alumnus of Princeton University, uh, but also in the 92, 96, and 2000 elections, we had local fundraising campaigns for the primaries for him. Anyway, uh, I wanted to pay you a compliment, though, You and I wanted to make two or three other quick points. You sell yourself short. You said that you could never hold a candle to Rush Limbaugh. That's I true. have listened to both of you in my lifetime. I'm 70 years old. You are not guilty of the one major thing that Mr. Limbaugh was guilty of, which is being a freaking bore. Oh, no, 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 no. Excuse me. You are very entertaining. Well, you think on your feet. You have a very elastic personality and sense of humor. All right, I Linda, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. I love it. But, anyway, but, 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 okay. I got. So I do have to say, no, look, Rush, 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 Rush was perfect. I One really do. One person's opinion. You're better. A thousand <laughs> times All right, better. Well, anyway, keep going. What I wanted to say about June ten to yeah. June tenth, Jay from Ohio was correct that it was a Texas holiday. It was called Jubilee Day, and it started in 1866. But the big con was that there was a deliberate attempt by the Southern slave owners in uh, Oklahoma and in Texas not to inform the slaves that two years previously the Emancipation Proclamation had been issued. Hmm. So an additional roughly 800 days in slavery and horror. Anyway, uh, the other thing is I did – you were looking for your wife about a half hour ago. I just saw her driving a UPS truck through the apartment complex here. So that's where she is. <laughs> and also, the Republicans should be grateful to Mr. Biden for one and only one thing, and it's the thing for which I despise him, though I did vote for him as a Democrat. He allowed the four female witnesses – final ones against Clarence Thomas. He canceled their testimony. Knowing what their testimony would be, they would have sunk Thomas's nomination. The four final females who worked with him at the EEOC. All right. Well, listen, you're very okay. good, Linda. So you buttered, you buttered, you buttered me up with all that, and then you scram no, all this liberal stuff in there. Hey, oh, but liberal, oh, wait, I, I understand. But look, before, because Clarence Thomas was totally screwed, Anita Hill, let me ask you this. Those four women uh, who I I don't even have to know them before I know they're phonies because Anita Hill, what she alleged by today's standards, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything right, approaching. These women had documentary. Uh, proof. What what did they, they have been back then? Long term employees before Anita Hill. What did they, they? We didn't have text messages back then. What did they I have? Know. What did they have? Look, let me ask you this, Linda. You sound yeah, very sure. smart. Did you go to Princeton? No, I barely graduated from high school. Uh, well, what was the problem there? I was not interested in it. I was interested in playing the grand pianos in the Princeton University Music Department basement, which the doors were unlocked all the time. All right. That's uh, what I spent eight hours a day doing in my junior and senior years of high school. Wow. All right. So after, uh, you know, what would you do uh, beyond that professionally? Well, I was George Gallup's secretary for a number of years. The pollster? Yeah. Huh. George Jr., who went, you know, off the charts, he became involved in religious mysticism, but was the kindest, most decent person I have ever worked for. The rest were sleazebags. The man, George Gallup, was an upstanding, decent Christian man. 
not a hypocrite. Anyway, uh, but I just was interested in music and various other things. I was not your typical product of the 60s uh, for some reason. But at any rate, I uh, waitressed for many years and was an executive secretary. And my friends used to say, Linda, you are not. I used to call myself a food delivery enhancement facilitator. That's a fancy term for waitress. And they said, Linda, you're not a waitress struggling to become an actress. You're an actress struggling to become a waitress. You know, the opposite. Anyway, Greg, my compliment to you is utterly sincere well, about your being better than Rush Limbaugh. Look, I've got uh, pretty I, high standards. <laughs> well, look, you're a fascinating woman. I'm serious. It's, it's, well, uh, please I call find back. you entertaining to listen to. I don't listen very often. I don't have time for most of this stuff right now. I've been very ill. But... I find you have a very light touch. I think you're at heart a softy, which none of the rest of these people are, in my view. Uh, anyway, well, don't tell anybody that softy part. All right, don't tell anybody about that. That's between your. How did you? Uh, all right, I got to get Linda off the phone. She's finding out all my secrets. Linda, I appreciate it. You're very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a nice woman. Interesting. Interesting lady. Uh, all right, what's my game plan here? It's two forty. I got to go to the Newsmax show. Uh, we're going to have, who am I going to have on tonight? Uh, oh, I know who we're going to have on, a guy named Dwight Chapin, who was Nixon's appointment secretary. If you're into Watergate and all that stuff, he's got a great new book out uh, that I'm enjoying the hell out of. I like it a lot. All right, Pete has been on the phone for a million years. Uh, Pete is in Staten Island. Yes, Pete. Hey, Craig. That woman was very interesting. To say she wasn't a college grad was hard to believe. She was pretty streetwise. And what you said about maybe running for mayor, I know it would be a big sacrifice with all your shows and all your success. And your dad, your dad, the greatest uh, police police commissioner ever. My mother used to say uh, LaGuardia was the greatest. But one day she said to me about a year before she died, this guy Kelly, he's better than LaGuardia. I think between the two years, even if your father doesn't become commissioner, but be an advisor, I think between you and your father, you could straighten out the city in two weeks to a month by unhandcuffing the police officers because they got their hands tied, they're afraid to lose their pensions, and they got to be under scrutiny every minute. And I know you know that, and I know you'll take care of that. Pete, thank you so much. I'm all over it. And wow, what an interesting uh, thought from your. Was it your mom or your dad? My mom. That's beautiful. Thanks, Pete. I won't forget that. Really nice. Uh, hey, I got one more to do. Jeff is in Queens. Yes, Jeff. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Pete. Jeff, what's up? Hi, Greg. Yeah, I just want to say, um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not chanting. I'm being very calm. But we should have a a White History Month to honor white males, and uh, you know, maybe have workshops, whatever. You know, make it the whole month. <laughs> workshops. And, and we should have police officers day. We should have Fireman's Day, and we should have um, Sanitation Men's Day. And we could even throw in Lyman of the county, because when we have hurricanes, those guys are the ones that jump to getting our power restored. You know, honor some, some people, because everybody honors. They make, you know, listen, holiday, fine. But let's even a playing ground and make it realistic at least. Well... Yeah, no, it's, I mean, come on, I know you're kidding. Uh, we're not going to have White Person's Month or White Person's Day. It's absurd. But yes, I think, quite frankly, the other stuff is pretty ridiculous as well. I do, I do, I do. Um, it's, it's, and it's kind of tearing this country apart. It's actually making it just a less interesting place to be. Because now people are just sizing each other up based on what you look like. 
So your eyes, that's it. It's not a learning experience. We don't communicate. We don't learn. We don't get exposed to ideas maybe that are inferior to ours or superior to ours. I, I, I like the give and take. And now we're just trying to protect everybody, everybody's feelings. It's not working for me. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Let's keep mixing it up. All right, one more. Then uh, Andrew is in Stanhope. Stan, 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 no, wait, Andrew, stand by for a second. I got to go to Eric in Manhattan first. Eric, you're in Manhattan. Hello. Hey, Greg. Hey, Greg. Hey, listen, take a compliment, you know. Well, but I don't want to get off my topic, but, you know, um, no one forget the Gallup poll is so screwed up about God. This woman's not there anymore, you know? Otherwise, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. But um, about um, about um, Biden on the bike, you're very kind what you said, you know. I heard there was a lot of equipment on the bike or whatever. But you what do you mean? What did I, I didn't mean to be kind. What did I say that was so no, kind of? <laughs> well, you know, about you don't want him hurt. You want him to no, I mean, I don't. That's not you know. kind. That's just uh, not being. I mean, you know, I I wouldn't call that kind. Right. Okay. All right, okay, but well, anyway, you love my point because um, I don't want to laugh at somebody getting hurt. But I called in to laugh at somebody getting hurt. <laughs> John Kerry plows into, plows into a parked vehicle on the bike when he was in Sweden. Supposedly, he's supposed to be negotiating a nuclear deal. How do you have five minutes? How do you have five seconds to be on your bike? Showing off, trying to look cool, and he plows into the back of a, a parked vehicle. The video is still available. I mean, you know, it's 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 funnier than watching Joe Biden fall. Like, I mean, I don't know, you know. But but seriously, uh, that was my point. So you have a good day. Listen, yeah, thank you. I can't wait till you're mayor. I can't wait. All right, I'm looking at it. Thank you, pal, very very much. Hey, here's something. Here's a little item that I just. Uh, now, I like Melissa Francis. Haven't seen her around in a while. Melissa Francis, remember her? She was on the Fox Business Network and Fox News Channel way back when. She was the uh, star, one of them, on Little House on the Prairie. This just came my way. Fox News host Melissa Francis was paid $15 million after complaining that the network retaliated against her when she complained about pay disparity. Wow. Francis was employed by the conservative-leaning network between 2012 and 2021. Fox responded to the news by claiming that Francis' allegations were entirely without merit. The former news anchor recalled a conversation she had with a former Fox News executive in 2019 when her contract was subject to renewal. That's how the world works. Women make less. It's just a fact. Wow. Anyway, um, hmm, Fox News has paid former host Melissa Francis a reported $15 million settlement after she complained about a gender pay gap at the network. $15 million bucks. $15 million. All right, now let's see. Francis's attorney, Kevin Mintzner, told the Daily Beast that his client initially filed the complaint not for herself, but for women of the company who are still there. Is she going to give them the money? I don't know. She shouldn't. It's hers. Contrary to Fox News' false claims about a new era, what happened to Melissa shows that sexism and retaliation are still prevalent at the network. We continue to cooperate with the Department of Labor, and we look forward to receiving the findings of their investigation. Man, $15 million. A spokesman for Fox News responded that the network had parted ways with Melissa Francis over a year ago, and her allegations were entirely without merit. Oh, man. In 2017, Francis became a familiar figure on Fox News, co-hosting the network's talk show and news commentary program, Outnumbered. She was then offered a negligible increase in compensation, reportedly under a million dollars a year, the Washington Post reported, significantly less than what other anchors for the network were earning. How does anybody know what anybody else is earning, by the way? 
How do you really know that? I've been dying to know myself for a long time. How do you know that? Francis declined the offer and agreed to renegotiate her salary in 2019 once her contract with the network expired. Blah, 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 blah. $15 million. How do you know? Do you find out? I don't trust any. I would never ask anybody. Do you believe them when they tell you? $15 million. Oh, man. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Does it? What would you do with $15 million? You do a lot of things, I know. You know what I actually think about myself doing? Every time I think about getting that kind of money, you know what I see myself doing? Having a martini. The last thing in the world I need is a martini. But I think as soon as I get all the money that I need, you know, to never work again, the proverbial, what do they call it, screw you money, hmm? that I would just have a martini. I mean, I could have a martini right now if I really wanted one, right? You don't need uh, $15 million to do that. But with the money comes this sense of uh, too much of anything is a problem. My mother actually told me that. Too much of anything. Too much money, too much beauty, too much intelligence. I mean, too much of anything can be a problem. I think she's got a point there somehow. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, 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 check, 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 check. President of the United States takes five days off in June. It's not 4th of July. It's not Labor Day weekend. It's not the Memorial Day. It's uh, Juneteenth. And he's an invalid, pretending he's a, a vibrant individual, falling off the bike. That was utterly avoidable. Hey, can we play that time again? It was uh, February of last year. This is Greg Kelly. And quite frankly, I'm being totally sincere here. When I when I made this uh, uh, plea to Joe Biden to stop running, stop acting like you're 25 years old, all right, slow down. He had just fallen down uh, the steps getting on Air Force One. Not once, not twice, but three times. Now, the fake news covered it up. Uh, It didn't matter. I mean, one of these days, he's going to fall and break his living neck. Okay? So uh, here I was a year and a half ago saying, Joe, stop. Go ahead. You got that handy? It's not that far away. Three, two, one, do it. And everybody's looking and watching, and I've noticed something about you, and actually, from the heart, sir, this is sincere, it concerns me. Uh, You're taking those stairs a little bit too fast. This whole running thing, this whole trying to convince everybody that you're a man of vitality, I've seen you run down ramps, run on stage, run off stage. Uh, It's going to catch up with you, and we're starting to see it. Take it easy, okay? Fair enough? Fair enough. He's uh, he's 78, okay? He shouldn't be running. My advice to... President Biden, please, Mr. President, walk, don't run. Walk, don't run. My voice sounded a little bit different back then, a little bit lighter somehow. Am I changing? It's a year and a half ago. Joe Biden is now 79 years old on the eve of 80. Hey, one more time. The next time you think that Eric Adams is enlightened. And by the way, he does get credit, too much credit. When he says something that sounds, wow, that sounds so, uh, that makes a lot of sense. There's Eric Adams making a lot of sense again. Where is this thing? Um, Here he is. This is Eric Adams 
talking about crime, and he gets too much praise when he makes sense. I'll tell you why in a moment. Cut 16, if you don't mind. Cut 16. Eric Adams, go. When I hear people state uh, the best way to deal with crime is to empty out Rikers Island, tell that to the mother who lost her son to violence. When I hear people... Is that it? Guns ...should not be held accountable, accountable, or people who are stating put guns in the hands of as many people as possible. Clearly, there's an alternate reality of what's happening on the street and what everyday mm-hmm. New Yorkers are saying. Yeah, well... Um... And then there are some out there who will be like, oh, my gosh, Eric Adams, well, he really understands the problem. Now, here's the thing. He's two-faced. He'll say that to you when he thinks you're listening, and he'll say something to else when others are listening. Like, here's what he'll say when you're not around. Okay? We ready? Go ahead. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers ass, man. I was unbelievable. Hey, wait a second. Who the hell bleeped out what? Who the hell bleep? Let me hear that again. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers ass, man. I was unbelievable. What the hell? Would you stop that ass? Is that the word? Ass? He kicked their ass. You're allowed to say that word. It's not a four-letter word. It's three letters. Ass. I kicked those crackers ass, man. Well, that's racist, by the way. All right? That's the true Eric. Right there. Where else? Where else? If you don't like it, you can uh, remember he's a he's a Jersey boy. Jersey. What exit, Eric? Cut sixty-two. Here's uh here's a little bit more of Eric keeping it real. Eric, cut sixty-two. You were here before Starbucks. You were here before others came and decided they wanted to be part of this this city. Folks are not only hijacking your apartments and displacing your living arrangements, they displace your conversations and said the things that are important to you are no longer important. And they decide what's important and what's not important. Go back to Iowa. You go back to Ohio. New York City belongs to the people that was here and made New York City what it is. And I know I'm a New Yorker. I protected this city. I have a right to put my voice in how the city should run yeah uh send this guy to community college and quick all right he's got some work to do some remedial work to do he has no idea that's the thing when he talks a good game about you know stop and frisk or uh you know you got to keep rikers open it sounds great he has no clue no idea and it's even worse he has no inclination to try to learn he has no capacity to, to reach out to others who may know more than he does, right? He wants to be the big shot. You ever see him walk around uh, NYPD right now, right? This is a guy who barely made captain, right? He was drummed out of the police department. Calls himself a hero, crime fighter, right? He arrested, I think, two people in his life, fair beaters. That's it. Knows nothing. He was an agitator. He was a troublemaker. You know, you hire somebody... Ever hire somebody and then immediately the first thing they say to you is, I'm going on vacation? Every now and then, you know, one one in one in twenty employees is like that. They just are out to cause you trouble and to take your money. Well, that was Eric Adams. That is Eric Adams. Knows nothing and uh, a real simpleton. All right, as we wrap up, I will take one more. Lou is in Queens. Yes, Lou. 
Hey, Greg, this is the first time I've been able to get through to you. And uh, I want to say that that woman that was talking to you about how you're better than Rush, I probably agree with her. So um, let that be said. But can I get to my topic? Sure. I do respectfully disagree with both of you, but go ahead. <laughs> Listen, you know, people wonder why there's a gas crisis in this country, gasoline. Well, this is the most advanced, technologically uh, a great nation on the planet. And we haven't built an oil refinery here in 50 years. And I might say that we haven't even built a nuclear power plant in the same amount of time, whereas China right now is building 23. So people should think about that. I knew that about the nuclear power plant. I did not know that about oil refinery. Hey, Lou, you don't sound like you're a native from Queens. Where are you from? Uh, no, I'm, I'm a native New Yorker, and I, 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 I'm from Washington Heights, man. All right. Hey, Lou, I appreciate it. Uh, very int- i got to find out more about the oil refinery thing. I knew that about nuclear power plants. I'll see you tonight at Newsmax at 10. Thanks, Lou.